Welcome back, or welcome to Golf Nerds, with me, Guy Cross, on local radio, five days a week, two till four in the afternoon, drive time. Um, no, not of course, nothing like that. Now, here we are, in the UK, Wales, just across the border in England, lockdown has released its vice-like grip on the world of squeeze and um, what that means is folks can go out golfing today and uh, there's various conditions like two balls, members only, third, you know, sunrise after epiphany, you can only, yeah, rules, right, and I'm sure the regular listener to this podcast will know my opinion on rules, but you know, I sort of get it in this weird situation we find ourselves in. So, golf nerds are out golfing again, but I'm not. Two reasons. One, quite practical. I'm in Wales and we don't open up until Monday. There's actually three reasons. Uh, Second reason, also practical, sold all my golf clubs. Uh, Third reason, don't want to die a plague. Now, Um, first reason, can't argue with it, right? Can't argue with it at all. Don't want to die of plague. Bit more, um, vaporous. You know, some people will think that you can't die of the Rona. Uh, sold all my golf clubs in a shocking move. Uh, it's not 100% the truth, but sold almost all of my golf clubs. Hmm. Still drinking the Diet Coke, though. What happened was, um, so, first rule, not allowed out to play golf until Monday. Sold all my golf clubs. I, um, I've set up a date with Alex from Orca to go and, um, get fitted and stuff. So, I thought golf was going to be closed for months, right? So, um, I was like, yeah, just get these out of the house because I'm staying I'm locked down in my mum's little retirement flat apartment you know there's just not much space um, so I was like just get these out of here so I sent them off to Britain's first version of We Buy Golf um, it's not called We Buy Golf in the UK sadly um I sent them off there for a, a chunk of change, but I kept my driver because that F9 had just started to sing for me, and um, kept my wedges because they're custom to me, and not just like you know custom fit. They're like custom, um, and I'm not sure I'll ever get um, the whole engraved custom grind, custom band, custom you know. Um, Again, as much as I love them, uh, simply because I'm not a pro golfer anymore, right? I still am, but as you know, I'm waiting for my amateur status back, so um, it just seems a bit of a dick move. So, anyway, I sold all my golf clubs and I kept my putter because um, I brought my Tadmore Napper out with me and I'd waited two years to find one of them, so unlikely to, um, unlikely to be getting rid of that in a hurry. The triple black oxide is just wearing out. It's got a nice brown colour as well. Not rusty, it's just gone brown. Which is as cool as. 
Um, also, pot pickers. Fun fact. When I picked up the uh, Napa blade putter off eBay, it came with one of the big uh, Superstroke 5.0 grips on. Uh, flat so. Which, you know, each to their own right. I can see the guy, it was a guy I bought it off, trying to reimagine one of Phil Mickelson's putters. Big fat grip, Napa blade, I get it, right? Um, but I never got on with it. Uh, I couldn't quite hold it in a way that felt comfortable. And that made my grip inconsistent. Um, this is some gold for you about your putting here and how to choose a putting grip. For me, having one that feels right is the number one thing because then what you can do is is hold it properly in a consistent way. And that, that's the most important thing about your putting grip, really. I can contradict that if you want, but really, consistency is important. I'm going to contradict that now because this is, of course, golf nerds. So, you might hold the putter a certain way to hit a certain putt every time, but you might have more than one putt, more than one swing, stroke. Um, I've heard of golfers who talk about putting a bit of cut on a putter or a bit of hook. Um, I don't think they actually do, but it's just a feeling and it's probably a grip tweak. And, um, you know, we're talking serious good putters. Imagine if you're a right-handed golfer um, looking at a right-to-left putt and it just slides a little and you think, what I'm going to do is hit one mid-pace and kind of feel like I'm going to cut it into the middle of the hole just to keep it. You end up doing a little slicey action. It starts right at centre, knocks back into the middle. You know, it's these little tweaks that give you some confidence uh, as an elite golfer. Um, and that can translate to any golfer. Um, yeah, you know, golf is cool. So, and golf is cool like that. There's so many ideas that do translate from one standard of golfer to another. And there's so many that don't. So anyway, um, sold all my golf clubs. Number three, don't want to die of plague. I mean, I don't think anyone actually wants to die of plague. I may be wrong, right? I mean, maybe, you know, some, some people around who are ill. Mentally ill, right? And they commit suicide. Other than that, no one wants to die of plague. So, why do I bring that up on a golf podcast when um, we've been set free, unlocked down? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I bring that up. I'm not going to rush back to the golf course on Monday. There's a possibility, um, if life takes me that way, I might drive past a driving range I know and love in my neighbourhood to um, see if they're open and check out their social distancing. Because um, I do want to go and hit some balls. I've got this fitting to do, right? I haven't touched a club in almost ten weeks. But um, in the same light, I don't want to die a plague. Um... 
Well, I know enough about my golf game to work out a fitting with Alex to, um, to make it okay. Ah, I was in the middle of telling you about putter grip, but I'll come back to it, right? Um, but what I do have, right, because, you know, he's like, well, you can't go and hit some balls, you can't, you've not got golf clubs. I do have some golf clubs, because I finally put together my vintage golf bag. Um, there's one club that is in there, and vintage, that I might change, but other than that, I'm done. I think, presuming they all hit as nicely as I hope they will, because I've put them together, um, but I haven't, I haven't hit them yet because of the lockdown. So uh, I always wanted to put a half set together, because um, I love playing golf with a half set, and I always wanted to play... I was between two clubs. I was between uh, Ping Eye because I can get them automatically bent to my weird ass lie fitting. Or I wanted to get a classic set of blades. And then in blades, I was torn between two, which was Maxwell Australian blades or um, Mizuno TP9s. Um, I saw a stunning deal on some Australian blades. From 1977, I think the mine are. Um, mine are actually um, American-made, but you know, in the world of golf, American-made blades, American forgings, or whatever, are never an actual bad thing. So um, I'm not too worried about them not being the actual Australian forgings. It's still going to be stunning golf clubs. They got their fucking tree trunks for shafts, um, super stiff and. They came with some dried out fat, like super built up uh, Golf Pride Victory grips on. And the grips were a bit too shiny for me to play. Um, So, what I've done is I've just put some um, regular mid-size grips on them. Left some of the build-up tape on it. And just for that big, thick grip, heavy shaft, old school vibe... um, you know, old school golfer, old school vibes. So, I mean, that was that was a ton of fun doing that as well. I haven't regripped clubs for ages. In the process, put a new grip on my F9, and then, as I may have mentioned, I put a new grip on my putter. Um, the reason I fell in love with Napa blade style putters was because I used to practice at this place in Panama, um, an indoor sim. Uh, good friends with the with the owner of the place that's closed now he's the ex-owner he's still the owner he just doesn't exist you're with me though right the guy who used to own the place that's closed down now and um, on his putting green he had this um, re-imagined 8802 one of the new Mil- Wilson milled face ones and um, he had just um, a regular iron grip on it so, of course, it caught my eye, because golf nerds. Um, like, the first time I walked into the place, and so I picked it up and started rolling putts with it. And I just loved it. Couldn't miss a thing. And then, um, literally two years later, one day he said, Guy, you know you've worn that putter out. Like, that grip was new when you first came here, and no one else touches it. And now it's not new. And worn the putter out. Um... You're going to have to buy it off me. And I was like, fuck off, I'm not going to buy it off you. And he's like, no, you know, he's just messing around, which was fun. 
And then uh, the Green Club closed, that's the name of the place. And I really missed, like, my putter. Like, not that I particularly, I never took it on a course, never, but I just missed getting to roll it. And by that time, I was deep in the Tadmore putter game. Um, and I saw one napper on eBay of Tadmore's, and I let it go. And so I thought to myself, next time I see one, it will be mine. And it was mine. I spent more than I'd spend on a putter normally to get this. I think I spent a couple of hundred US on it. It's a beautiful club, properly. Um, and I left the Super Stroke on for two reasons. One, the most obvious, I could not be asked taking a fucking Super Stroke grip off without an air compressor. Because oh, that's just pain in the backside, right? The next one, um, also pretty obvious. I just thought, well, you know, I'd never really used one of the massive Super Stroke grips before. I thought I'd have a go. And unsurprisingly to me, I didn't get on with it. So I put on, because I, I had a spare from regrouping my irons, uh, a Golf Pride Tour Velvet midsize, standard, standard grip, right? Uh, logo down for that old school vibe of, you know, you ain't gonna confine me into um, having a weak or strong grip. And as any good assistant pro will tell you, logo down, you don't have to stress out too much about lining it up. Um, but if you were to see my vintage golf bag, um, it's a mix of logo up and logo down um, due to my own personal preference. Are you interested? Are you really? Well, I'll tell you. So, um, I've got two iron. It's the um, non-blade in the bag. I've got a ping Carsten, known as an I-1. Um, two iron, um, already in my lie. And I figured to myself, it's club, you know, the low irons, the long irons, I, I struggle um, with my ever so lovely snap hook. And the first my go-to to stop my snap hook is to work on my grip. So I thought, actually, I do want to be conformed to the uh, weak or strong or neutral grip. Um, whether my grip is uh, weak or strong when I align it to the grip um, is a matter for someone who cares about that. But it's, it helps me adopt a grip which stops my snap hook. You know, it could actually still be strong to neutral. Strong when compared to neutral. Um, because I've been shouted at a lot for having a weak grip. By Mike from the Green Club, actually. Nice cyclical story there. So, yeah, and then my driver... Well, I regripped my driver, but I put a 360 grip on that. Because as much as I loved it last time I was out with it, 12-degree loft setting. I figured I might change, and, you know, it's going to be a long time since I hit it. And again, logo up, logo down, it's always a stress, right? So, put 360 on. Um, so, I just got a Golf Pride Tour Velvet 360 grip, mid-size. Um, the actual club, because that's my F9, right? It's not in my vintage bag. Um, the actual club, I'm going to put the driver, the wood, in my vintage bag was originally going to be a Cleveland, an old school Cleveland launcher, metal head, uh, 13 degree, 3 wood, 2 wood, you know, whatevs. Um, you know, borderline vintage granted, um, 
but I didn't think I was going to get too many distance games after I'd I'd finished with it. But you know, I never loved it. Um, I, I never hit it, but it, I, I knew what it was getting when I ordered it. It came. Uh, it's got a really cool head cover. You know, the classic Cleveland black leather head cover is really nice. Um, that doesn't go with my old school McGregor bag, though, so that irked me. So, in the end, I'm sending the Cleveland back uh, tomorrow because I wait with bad breath for the Joel Powell smoker um, persimmon with a nice gold graphite shaft in it, um, which I'm very excited about hitting. And even if it sucks, right, it's beautiful. Um, I might get a get a re-rub on it um, just to get it refinished. I don't know about that. I'm not I'm not 110 percent decided whether I want it to be beautiful or look a bit like a gamer. It's a constant battle for the geeky golfer, right? Do you want your clubs pristine or do you want them to look battered? Um, again, I know you're desperate to ask the irons. I um, I took the surface rust off them and they didn't quite look how I wanted them to look after I'd finished with that. So what I did was just gave them a slight gentle rub, like two minutes per club max with some slightly coarser sandpaper than you expect. Just leaves them with a quite a nice brushed look as long as you're careful in uniform. I was going to strip the paint out. Still may. May not, though. Um, I think, you know, they're a happy... They're a happy balance club. Now, did I, did I finish talking to you about dying of plague? Well, I don't want to die of plague. And, um... I'm not going to run back to the golf course because I'm not I'm not confident that people will take it seriously and I don't want to die of plague and I'd rather be alive to, you know play soccer with my kids um, to watch game shows with my mum than to, to do husband and wife things with your husband and wife well, not with your husband and wife, this has gone weird now. To, you know, to spend time with my wife. Then play golf ever again. And I will play golf again. With my vintage clubs. And I will do in Wales in the next couple of weeks, but I'm in no hurry. I'm not making that booking. I'm going to spec out the quietest golf club, quietest time. And uh, hit some balls, run up for nine holes whenever I can. Yeah, fuck playing 18. Um just quiet walking nine holes my vintage bag um, I'm, I'm, I'm properly looking forward to that um, yeah of course I'm a competitive golfer so if someone slides up and wants to join in and they see my sh- what they think is a shithole golf bag yeah they're going to be wrong aren't they oh my putter so in my vintage bag I've got a McGregor smoothie, which is a uh, manganese bronze ping answer clone. A really nice head shape. It's a McGregor club, and you know McGregor's got some tradition. I've got a McGregor golf bag. I thought it'd be nice to match them up, but I don't love it. It fills a gap in the golf bag, and it may stay there, but I don't love it. 
I'm thinking of getting another Napa blade in my golf bag. Um, I don't know exactly which one to put in. Um, I might I might put another McGregor one in. Uh, I might get an 8802, an old school Wilson one. Um, there was another one I was looking at. Oh, I might get a Cleveland one uh, that's slightly more modern. So it'd be one of those, you know, from the 2000s. Borderline vintage knock. It's a 22-year-old stick, but... Um, this uh, a TPM as well. Might get a Spalding TPM, or, I mean, I'd love to get a real TP Mills, but money. Um, yeah, something like that. Um, I might get a tad... If I see one, I might get a tad more, but get one of the... Uh, Maxfly editions, and that's because I see another handmade one and I can afford it. Um, but yeah, something like that. And then I'll stick another Golf Pride grip on it. Um, could even try and set it up so it's identical to my game a tad more. Uh, it won't have the same washboard, like grooved face, but it'll still be cool. And um, definitely something I'd. I'm looking forward to playing when I get it, if I ever see it. Um, also, if I do see one and I can afford it, actually, this this would be the icing on the cake. I might get a tad more hickory. Uh, again, blade shape, hickory. Um, I'd have to speak to Tad about length and grips and stuff because slightly out of my depth on that stuff um, but yeah I can send Tad more a Facebook message for advice, I'm sure you guys with Scotty Camerons in your bag can do exactly the same right um, oh, <laughs> oh yeah I know you're thinking yeah, but Scotty Cameron putters are better one majors Tad more putters are one majors fucking savvy used one Right, as much as I respect a lot of the modern golfers, you don't compare. You don't compare Justin Thomas with Savvy. You do. You can compare Tiger to Savvy, right? And I, I granted. But now, right, you've gone from better, right, to the Tiger's just as good as Savvy. He's better. You, you see what I mean? So back to my original point. I hope. You can text Scotty Cameron if you've got any questions about setting up your par so it works. Because I can text Tad Moore, not because I'm cooler than you, although I am, um, but because um, Tad Moore's such a nice, accessible guy and he's still hands on making his golf clubs. Um, not sitting on marketing committees, being outruled by interns by the next part of design, Scotty Cameron. Now, um, Let's see. We've done that. We've done the Rona. We've done the putters. We've done my summer golf clubs. So, yeah, I'm getting orcas. It's just a thought to leave you with, right? 23 minutes in. Let's try and wrap this up by 30. Um, as much... I like... I set up with Alex to get blades. I think Alex listens, so this is for you, Alex. I set up with Alex to get blades. But what... If, now as a 42-year-old soon-to-be amateur golfer, 
who doesn't ever want to change his golf clubs again. I just say, no, do you know, I'm going to get something set up to last me a long time. I'm fucking getting blades. I, I imagine, right, with some cavities in your back. It's not that cavities, especially from Orca, it's not that cavities are better or worse, right? Okay, but picture this. In 10 years' time, my cavities from Orca are still going to play pretty much just as well unless I've been a dick with them, which is likely. Okay? They're not going to look as cool as some blades from Orca. They're going to look really cool. Think of this, right? Picture it. You're um, 52 years old as I'll be by then. Fuck. And... Um, I'm rolling up to my club championship, hopefully still with a low-digit, low-number handicap. Some young jock has got, you know, his Callaway X29, no, 30 irons, that year's release. And I've got my blades from Alex. Yeah, I might put grips in them, might even put shafts in them by then. They're still basically the same club. And um, he's like, oh, look at that, with some shithole irons. And I'm just going to be, because this is my game plan for the future, is just Mr. Fairways and Greens. Um, I'm going to hit the middle of every fucking fairway. And I'm going to hit the middle of every green. And just roll putts. Um, I've got a whole new game plan. Um, which is probably going to form the basis of some stuff I'm going to talk about here. I've not formulated it well enough to, to start that, but trying to kind of model my game development as a shit golfer without the PGA card to um, help you guys. Um, like I'm coming back, 10-week break. I've not even done a practice swing, right? I've watched a few golf videos because I love watching um, Jackie Burke on Secret Golf, so I watch them. Um, I don't pay for it, right? I just watch the little clips that they pop up. Um, But developing with my, and that's going to be honest, immense genius level knowledge of golf, um, a game plan for the average golfer, and not like, you'll be tour pro, just like, you're going to become a rock-solid golfer. If you're an 18 handicapper, I might not reduce you to a 5 handicapper. But you know what? Even if you become the best fucking 18 handicapper that is, it's a win, right? Like, if you, there's no shame in being an 18 handicap golfer. In fact, I was chatting to someone yesterday who aspires to be that. Like, again, picture your club championship. Now, you know, handicap edition. And tell you what. If you're an 18 handicapper who's looking at par on five or six holes, um, you put the fear of God into golfers like me. Like, I, And those, if there's anyone of my regular golf crew in Panama listening, they will attest to the fact... I'll quite happily give pretty much all of them the shot a hole. Because um, it makes me play better. And I probably lose, probably win a third of the time against those guys. Like playing in a three ball, take two of them on, give a shot a hole. 
Um, and I lose, but you know, sometimes I win. I've got to fucking play my socks off to win. Yeah, they have their bad days, and I take my chances. But I've carded below par um, in those games and lost. Um, and I, I'm not pissed off. I'm getting a bit pissed off at losing. But you know, it's how you make yourself better. It's setting yourself big challenges. I remember, I may have said it before, I remember once in one of those games, I was one down on the last, and um, they all had shots, so I just said, Santa, you motherfuckers birdie in this is next to nothing, and they're like, yeah, but it was par five, we're going to par, par it, and I'm like, you're going to be fucking so pissed off when I eagle this and take, take a half off you guys, and they were, um... And I had to play, you know, I smoked, I can remember that hole, it's one of the holes you remember, right? Smoke a drive. And um, had 230 out, stuck a hybrid to about 10 feet and rolling the putt. Um, yeah. And I needed to putt. Like, they, they parred it. Or they were looking good for a par. They were, they were um, you know, they had a full so for a par, which I gave them because I won the hole. Um, that's golf, right? 29.27. Bob on, I said keep it under half an hour, so I will. Thank you very much, guys, for your ears and 30 minutes of your time. Irregular podcasts right now because um, because of the Rona. Might be back soon. Might not be. Ciao.